And welcome to episode 21 of the Get More Sports Podcast. My name is Doug McCain. Thanks for rocking with us once again. On today's episode, we're going to break down the latest Kawhi Leonard rumors. Hope you guys had a happy 4th of Kawhi like everyone's calling it. Kawhut, Kawen, Kawhere, Kawil, Kawhi. The Kawhi Leonard madness has just reached an all-time high. We're at a boiling point. The NBA world needs to find out. The sports world is on pins and needles waiting to find out where Kawhi Leonard, where the bored man is going to bring his talents next year. Is he going to head to the Los Angeles Lakers and join Anthony Davis and LeBron James? Or is he going to stay and go for another championship with the Toronto Raptors? It appears by all reports that the Clippers are out. They are not in the mix. Unfortunately, the Clippers, they have really spent a long time trying to get Kawhi in. Kawhi is from San Diego. Maybe the Clippers can move back to San Diego last minute. I don't know if it's too late. It probably is. But if you're the Clippers, you got to try anything at this point. And it looks like they are going to be left at the altar. One of two teams, really, that's going to be left at the altar and not going to get Kawhi Leonard's services. So, really, the latest has to do with 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 Kawhi Leonard going back to Los, going back to Southern California. So, as it was reported today, Kawhi Leonard apparently has has landed in San Diego on the Raptors private jet. Of course, you think that you think that NBA fans at the sports world was just going to be like, "All right, he made his decision. They're not going to make anything out of this, right?" Wrong. Of course, they were going to run with this. Now, Mark Stein reported Toronto Aviation Correspondent is reporting here that a Raptors private plane has just landed in San Diego on the 5th of Kauai. He's in the choir madness, but with no confirmation on who or who isn't aboard. And my favorite thing is just scrolling through the... I mean, what has free agency turned into, guys? I mean, what has free agency turned into? We were supposed to be keeping it cool, right? We were going to let this guy, out of respect, make his decision. No. We turned into the O.J. Simpson chase. We got helicopters. We got thousands of people waiting outside of his hotel, his posh hotel, where he's going to have his meeting with Drake and his meeting with the Toronto Brass. This has just gotten out of a hand. We know we, it, it, it is what it is at this point, and you just got to roll with it. Hopefully in the next couple of hours here, hopefully we're, we're at 10 o'clock here on the West Coast, and you think that he's probably going to announce his decision at some point in the near future. And really, one of the stories, one of the takeaways from the Kawhi Leonard free agency fiasco has to be Chris Carter, who's really, he's a Hall of Fame receiver, went to Ohio State, went to the, uh, play with the Vikings. All he did was catch touchdowns. That was what they said about Chris Carter. Now all he does is report NBA and Kawhi Leonard rumors. And really, it's pretty hilarious when you think about it because now, look, we, 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 it was always about shams. Mark Stein, Chris Broussard, Wojnowski. Now it's all about everyone on pins and needles waiting to see what Chris Carter, a former NFL receiver, has to say about Kawhi Leonard. And before everyone wants to shut down Chris Carter, that's just kind of well, one of my favorite tweets ever. Good friend of the Get More Sports podcast, Brian Robitaille, tweeted, Getting your NBA news from Chris Carter is like getting your Mexican food fix from Taco Bell. So not everyone's a believer in Chris Carter's credibility, 
But, hey, I just hope, Chris Carter, if this doesn't work out, if it proves that you're wrong and all this stuff, I just hope that you have a fall guy. If you remember what I'm talking about when he was at the NFL Symposium talking about everyone needs a fall guy. But, hey, you never know. Maybe Jalen Rose has some MLB trade rumors he wants to report. Okay, you never know. These guys are connected, and I just find it hilarious that it's all about Chris Carter and his Kawhi Leonard rumors. But I just want to say for the Raptors fans, whatever happens, you guys kind of fail the test. I think the Lakers failed a little test in leaking all of the Kawhi Leonard rumors. Of course, there's the guy, uh, the Redditor, who apparently is Jeannie Buss's nephew, that reported that the Kawhi Leonard news is a done deal and that the Lakers just kind of leaked everything left and right, but it's the Los Angeles Lakers. You knew stuff was going to get out. But then Toronto. So superfan Nav Batia and John Tory, mayor of Toronto, they created a website called KawhiShouldStay.com, and it was all about if you're a big fan of Kawhi and you want to write him some letters and you want to tell him why he should stay – do it through the website. Don't go crazy. Don't follow him to his hotel. Don't force him to use parking lots uh, just to get anywhere. And really, this was the statement. We are asking everyone to give Kawhi a chance to experience our beautiful city and country without being pressured to answer if he is staying or continuously having a camera following his every move. Toronto, you failed your test, man. I can't really blame you because Kawhi Leonard is a once-in-a-generation player. But look, you failed your test. You went bananas. You went berserk. It's turning into the movie Swim Fan, and Toronto fans are a bunch of Amy's, okay? And they're just getting psychotic. It's getting stalkerish. And if you look, Google Trends, and from June 30th and July 6th, the number one trending the number one trend on Google was Kawhi Leonard. So this is clearly a global, global story that everyone's interested in. And really, I think at this point, it it's, it feels like the Lakers. I'm not – if I was wrong, I was wrong. It doesn't matter to me whether or not I was right or wrong when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. But really, I think – I thought that re-signing with Toronto was a great move. And I also thought that – Maybe Kawhi Leonard was different, okay? Maybe Kawhi Leonard was not the type of player to want to assemble a super team. It's no question, there's no denying that he he gave you feels of Michael Jordan in last year's playoffs, right? Single superstar, surrounded by a couple, I mean, Pippen was an all-time player, but surrounded by a couple other great players, but not your top five NBA juggernauts that we've seen get it done in the last 10 years or so in the NBA. And you just felt like maybe Kawhi Leonard is a throwback. Maybe Kawhi Leonard is a guy that's not going to want to do what Kevin Durant did. And then I said to myself, but you know what? What if Kawhi Leonard has always wanted to be a Los Angeles Laker. What if Kawhi Leonard says to himself, look what Kobe Bryant did. Kobe Bryant won his championships with Shaq, and every time you see Kobe Bryant and there's an argument, what does everyone say? Kobe has five rings. What does Kobe Bryant always use as trash talk? He says he's got five rings. No one takes away Kobe Bryant's rings, and maybe the competitor in Kawhi has the foresight to see that, hey, LeBron James, he might be good for another championship. 
LeBron James, he has three titles. Maybe I get him four. I have two. If we win one, I'll have three. He'll have four, right? Um, no, he'll have four. I'll have three, exactly. And that in the course of his career with the Los Angeles Lakers, he'll be able to catch LeBron in overall titles, and he'll be able to make a run at Kobe in overall titles. So I think you have to, anytime you're making these moves, you're thinking very long-term. These aren't short-sighted moves. And I think the idea that Kawhi Leonard is not forming a super team and that that takes away any respect you have for Kawhi Leonard, really you got to look deep down inside and think to yourself, no, Kawhi Leonard, if you've always if you've always been enamored with the franchise, it's about putting on that uniform, okay? It's about looking in the mirror the first time you look at that jersey. There's only a handful of truly, truly iconic uniforms in sports. You got the Dodgers, you got the Yankees pinstripes, you got the Raiders, the Cowboys, Manchester United, Barcelona, Real Madrid. There's not very many truly, truly iconic uniforms. UCLA basketball, I hate, I mean, you hate to make this, but the Boston Celtics in basketball, but the Laker uniform is a truly iconic uniform. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish, the Michigan winged helmet. There's only so many truly iconic uniforms. And I think that if you have visualized yourself in that, I think it's a tough thing to to go away from. I think Kawhi Leonard, I think that he's starting to really buy in and it's hard for him to resist that the lure of being a Laker, of playing for the purple and gold, of playing for a franchise that it is well-documented that his entire family is fans of, okay? And being a Los Angeles Lakers, you're talking 16 titles. You're talking the IT franchise. And also, look, check this out. Kawhi Leonard has only played 66 games twice in his eight-year career. So only two times has Kawhi Leonard played 66 or more games. And when it comes to that, look, if you had to have your pick, who's the most the, the a player that can carry the load? It's Anthony Davis. LeBron James, who knows? We don't I every minute that LeBron plays from now on to me is a miracle at the level he plays it at because he's nearing sixty thousand total minutes. But if you're Kawhi Leonard, it starts at the top. This is this is a, a, a league that's top-heavy in its superstars. And if you look at, if you believe the reports that he wanted to play with Kevin Durant with the Clippers, that lets you know that he was considering a super team, that he was considering joining forces with another elite player. And that just, there's not very many options in Toronto for him to be an elite, to play with an elite player. Kawhi, Kyle Lowry is nice. Marcus Gasol is nice. Pascal Siakam is nice. But... There is no guarantees for the Toronto Raptors as great of a president and GM that Masai Ujiri is. There is no guarantee that they'll be able to pair Kawhi Leonard with another superstar. And I think at the end of the day that that is really the deal breaker for Kawhi Leonard. He wanted to come to L.A. originally. He's been a fan. His family is fans of the, the Lakers, of course, there's that soundbite where Kawhi said growing up he was an Allen Iverson fan. But look, if you're within 30 miles of the Los Angeles Lakers, but the real reason why Kawhi Leonard, I think, ultimately now goes to the Los Angeles Lakers is it's all about those greenbacks. It's all about the Benjamins. And Kawhi Leonard 
if he stays with the Los if he signs with the Los Angeles Lakers, will make more money long term. And I know the conventional thought is that the Toronto Raptors have his bird rights, so they'll be offer they'll be able to offer him. One of the big misconceptions out there is the reports that the Raptors can offer him five years, one hundred ninety million. Lakers can offer him four years, one hundred forty one million. So that means he's going to ultimately make more money as a Toronto Raptor than a Los Angeles Laker. And I'm here to tell you, here at Get More Sports, we're going to get more into it than the average sports show. And I'll tell you exactly why and how he's going to make more money as a Los Angeles Laker than a Toronto Raptor. So the first thing, let's dispel this fantasy that fans have in Toronto that he is a Texas resident since he was living there while playing with the Spurs and he hasn't established domicile elsewhere. That is not the case because... This past season, Kawhi Leonard dropped $13.3 million on a massive mansion in Rancho Santa Fe, California, where he spends all of his off-seasons. Do yourself a favor, Google Kawhi Leonard House. That is a serious mansion for the claw. And the Franchise Tax Board in California, their taxing authority, they're pretty much the most aggressive tax franchise board in the United States and they know about the house trust me they're not too many 13 million point three million dollar houses around Rancho Santa Fe or in, or in the world really in general and they're going to definitely not allow him to to claim he's from Texas they're going to want to tax him fully on that and then you have guys saying that the te- the Canadian financial advisors are claiming they can save him money by properly planning out his contract that could save him an extra 15% of the take-home profit. But really, the NBA, they allow 15% of a player's salary to be allocated to a signing bonus. So you can get 15% of the salary allocated to a signing bonus. But what happens there is really... If you read the contract, it says, as an inducement to sign an agreement relating to the performance of the services of an athlete, and those are to be taxed 15%. So, yes, you could shift that there, but we're talking 15%. And then also, you got high-earning Canadian workers. They establish a retirement compensation agreement. So, in Canada, they have this thing called the RCA that defers taxes on larger portions of incomes and they collapse the plan after leaving Canada. So if you leave Canada, you can't take that with you. So that's the thing. You know that Kawhi Leonard doesn't want to take advantage of this because, one, the NBA is very iffy about allowing RCAs, and also he would have to remain in Canada to take advantage of this. So that would lock him in there. So let's say something bad happens with him in Toronto. Let's say he wants to get traded. Then you, it's a conflict of the, his money and the bag he can take home with him from Canada, from Canada. Also, Raptors fans, they're right. Yes, you can right now offer him more money, but if you break that down, take a look at this. Kawhi Leonard, he's 28. In four years, he's going to be 32. At 32, do you think he's going to get another max deal? I think so. Absolutely. He's 32 years old. Kobe Bryant, look what he was getting at 36. With the Los Angeles Lakers, you end all of your future signings. You live in Southern California. 
and there is no circus anymore. There is no courting. He's going to sign that extension. The Lakers have shown that they take care of their players. They'll overpay for their greats. And there's no question that at age 32, barring a serious injury, barring a career-ending injury, that Kawhi Leonard will be due for another massive payday and also another fifth-year extension then. They might want to give him paid for work past due, a la Kobe Bean Bryant, what they got for the Black Mamba. So... If you look at that, that's also a factor. And then also, when comparing the first four years of the contract, the Raptors, yes, they can offer him a gross of $6 million more, but all that money is going to disappear into taxes when you consider that he's paying California taxes on his house, and then he's also paying playing 60% of his games in Toronto. And really... When you consider the fact they'll be having home court advantage in the playoffs, he's going to be playing more than 60% of his games in Toronto. So that's the thing. If he's a California resident and that signing bonus money, you can't keep it. Now let's break down the taxes. First four years of the Raptors mass, confer- uh, mass contract, you're averaging about $36.6 million a- annually. The max average any other team can offer him is about $35.1 million and as a Canadian non-resident, Leonard is going to pay those taxes for for his the games played in Canada. So you break that down, and you got about sixty-one percent of 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 the of the So yes, you do play in Canada. You get a little bit of a break, but that really would average out to Leonard paying about $11.7 million on Canadian taxes at Ontario's 53.3% rate. So if you look at that, there's it's, it's really, it's the point is moot when you look at, yes, the Raptors can offer him that extra deal. And if he signs with the Los Angeles Lakers, He'll only pay U.S. and California taxes along with jock taxes for which he's going to receive a lot of credits on because of his California return and his house. So on an average annual salary of $35.1 million, he will pay the U.S. and California roughly about $17.6 million, netting $17.4 million after taxes. And then you're looking at about $69.8 million over the four-year contract. So you add the fact that being in the L.A. market, playing for the Los Angeles Lakers, not only nets you regional supremacy as far as marketing, but also global. We know his deal with New Balance. So if, you, if we're talking money, that is the weakest argument that the Toronto Raptors and Raptors fans and Raptors Nation and NBA fans have to say, oh, the Raptors can offer him a fifth year. Yeah, they can offer him a fifth year. Lakers can, but Lakers, you can give him the four years now. I mean, you, you could be looking at nine years under contract if you're Kawhi Leonard at the end of that deal. So he's going to make more money as a Los Angeles Laker. And really, look, hey, man, it's about getting this bread. When you see guys like Isaiah Thomas, guys really getting uh, not getting their paydays, you got to get your money when you can. Los Angeles Lakers appear to be in the driver's seat. Probably not of the plane that he landed on, but really, it's all about Kawhi Leonard today. Hopefully, we can start our summer. Hopefully, we can put an end to the Kawhi Leonard madness today and get an answer from the claw. I know that my original prediction 
Well, my original prediction was that he would leave Toronto. Then it felt like he would re-sign and then supermax with Toronto. But really, it's starting to feel like the Los Angeles Lakers. But nothing would surprise me at this point. Anyone out there pretending to have concrete information on Kawhi Leonard, I'm telling you, they're absolutely bogus. Not very. When you have the NBA insiders saying there's no concrete information, how am I supposed to believe some guy on Reddit, some guy on a message board? Because look, you got a 50 50 shot. If you've ever read fan fiction, you can make that stuff very, very compelling and juicy. Trust me. And at this point, we're all desperate for content and just going after every Kawhi Leonard story there is. But. Now we're going to switch topics. You got a couple more guys. The sad thing for the Los Angeles Lakers, if they do uh, sign Kawhi Leonard, they're not going to be able to bring in his running mate, his good friend, Danny Green, who apparently is going to sign with the Dallas Mavericks. So maybe the Lakers could use their MLE on DeMarcus Cousins if he wants to try to go that route. So the Lakers are going to be able to add depth. They're probably going to get one of uh, Andre Iguodala, Kyle Korver, you look for them to be aggressive towards acquiring Andre Iguodala if Memphis ever does actually buy him out. Apparently, they're trying to use him as a trade chip. So the Lakers were, are still going to be able to build that somewhat depth with ring chasers and play on the buyout market. But really, it all comes down to getting those pillars, and the Lakers appear to be on their way to getting the claw. But we're going to switch. And, and maybe it's Snoop Dogg who seals the deal for the claw. If you saw Snoop Dogg yesterday, he's singing parodies to human nature for Kawhi Leonard. Shout out to a friend of the Get More Sports podcast, Byron, for saying this in. Kawhi, tell me that you'll be a Laker. Kawhi, Kawhi, come back to L.A. They said Kawhi, Kawhi, tell me that you'll be a Laker. Kawhi. Kawhi, come back to L.A. Don't do Drake that way. Kawhi, Kawhi, you should sign back with them Lakers. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't got shit to do but talk shit to you. Let's go, Lakers. Shit. But we're going to find out today, and then really... I felt bad for someone yesterday because the sports news was all about Kawhi Leonard yesterday when I think it should have been about one of the biggest champions, one of the a guy who's dominated his sport at a UConn women's basketball level, UCLA basketball level, a true dynasty, someone like Joey Chestnut. Joey Chestnut yesterday won again, of course. He didn't get he didn't beat his own record. He didn't have 74, but he did get 71. I watched it like I do. Some people don't like it, but to me, I think it's a lot of fun. To me, I mean, what's more American than scarfing down 70 plus hot dogs on July 4th? I mean, you got to be crazy if you don't like the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. And I just want to say I need a. I, w- I wish I had a hype man like Joey Chestnut's hype man. Check this out. He is the silent warrior who stands where land meets horizon, steadfast and unshakable. A city on a hill, lit for all to see. A poem written using every word of every language of every country in the world. He is a bead of light floating in the dark oil of night. 
for he is the very vessel of our freedom, the champion of the 4th of July. And he will fight until he is the last man standing on the dirt-covered surface of the earth. For his cause is the cause of victory. His cause is the cause of one nation under God, indivisible. The number one ranked eater in the world. 74 hot dogs and buns. The Nathan's famous hot dog eating champion of the world. until history unfolds to his purpose. He has God's username and password and he does with it what he chooses. The rock on which he stands is not a rock. It is the United States of America! I mean, that is how you get your boy ready to compete. But a little more about Joey Chestnut and his domination over the competitive eating industry. It got me thinking, and how did this whole thing start? How did the whole hot dog eating contest start? And it started back in 1966, the same year that Nathan Handworker opened his first hot dog stand in Coney Island. That 4th of July, four Nathan's customers, all recent immigrants, argued about who was the most American, and they decided to settle it with an eating contest, and they chose hot dogs. If you're wondering, it was a nickel to get a hot dog back in the day. Now it's $3.99. So it's a fun little tale, and really, you just it's just crazy. I mean, 74 hot dogs, that was his record, 71 he hit yesterday and really everyone gives credit to Kobayashi. So Kobayashi, they say you can separate the eating, the competitive eating industry, the competitive eating sport into two eras, pre Kobayashi and post Kobayashi because before Kobayashi, it was, it was seen as they were just treated like a joke, but Kobayashi, he trained for it. He made it serious. And then really it started to take off as a sport and, He also originated the Solomon Method. They call it the Solomon Method, a speed-eating technique where each hot dog is split in half and both ends forced into the mouth side by side. The name was invented by uh, by a fan as an allusion to King Solomon who once uh, threatened to split a baby in half. And Kobayashi, he implemented that strategy, and you saw all kinds of records just shattered. So Joey Chestnut wins it for his 12th time. The next closest competitor, of course, was the aforementioned Kobayashi, who's won it six times, and only once since 2001, 18 years, no, 19 years now, has anyone other than Kobayashi or Joey Chestnut won the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, and that was in 2015, when Matt Stoney, he took home the title after downing 62 dogs. So over a billion hot dogs were consumed yesterday. I love me a Dodger dog every now and then, trust me. But, man, that is a lot of hot dogs consumed. But Joey Chesa, give this guy credit. Man, he deserves to be up there. I'm telling you, man. He's the Michael Jordan of his sport. He's the Muhammad Ali. This guy, you got to put him up with the all-time greats. It had me thinking, though, what is up with this prize money? Is this guy a multimillionaire? How has he monetized his talent to be the all-time, all-time 
competitive eater. And the winner of Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, the premier event in competitive eating, they received 10 Gs, $10,000 in cash prizes. And according to the Post, the New York Post, there's roughly 3,500 competitive eating events each year in America with first uh, first prizes ranging from 1,000 to 8,500. So the 10,000 is still the top one in America, but there's other big ones where you can get about 8,500. Joey Chestnut, he's won nearly $60,000 during his eating career since 2004, according to competitive eating database Eat Feeds, and that doesn't include endorsements and business deals such as his line of condiments. He's got his own line of condiments. I love that. He's got his own line of condiments. That's a baller move. He deserves it. I'm telling you, it's a great endorsement deal. But here's the fact you don't want to see. Here's the fact you don't want to see that he says he's thrown up over 10,000 times in his career. So, hey, he pays the price. But look, it can't be more dangerous than being in the NFL, right? So, I'm telling you, it was good times. Joey Chestnut, he gets it done. And look, I mean, and then we're going to switch gears to baseball for a quick second where Cody Bellinger has reestablished himself as the MVP frontrunner in the National League. He takes over. Christian Yelich, he caught fire. Cody Bellinger fell back on the pace home run-wise. But last night, he hits two home runs. The night before that, this dude crushed a moonshot against one of the best relievers in baseball in Lopez. Would be pretty nice. Power against Powers. Bellinger hammers the ball. It's Bellinger's turn. Five consecutive walk-off wins. A majestic drive from Cody Bellinger. The MVP chance rained down, and it's happened again. And don't think Cody Bellinger forgot what Lopez did a few uh, few games ago against Jock Peterson, where he strikes him out, he's pumping his chest. Cody Bellinger, epic bat flip. He pumps his chest. He stares him down. Cody Bellinger is leading the way for the Los Angeles Dodgers. That MVP slipping just a tad bit. Cody Bellinger right back in pole possession. He's way out in front, in my opinion. You got the Dodgers 60 wins, 31 games above 500. And Cody Bellinger, he becomes the youngest player at 23, the youngest player to hit 30 home runs before the All-Star break since Mark McGuire in 1987. He's the 19th National Leaguer of all time with at least 30 home runs before the All-Star break, and he's the first Dodger in history. So a few nights ago, he tied Duke Snyder and Gil Hodges for most Dodger, Dodger with the most home runs leading to the break. Now he's out in front. He's got the record all by himself. And I'm telling you, Cody Bellinger, offensively, defensively, that at-bat to walk to win the game a couple nights ago, he almost got hit by the pitch on the pitch before that. He walks off. Cody Bellinger is absolutely raking. He's on fire for the Los Angeles Dodgers. And he is undoubtedly the MVP for the National League right now. And then also, reminder, before, be sure to tune in. Hopefully you'll have a, 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 an answer on Kawhi Leonard at this point. But tune in to Zion versus R.J. Barrett in the Summer League. Starts tonight. Can't wait to see Zion Williamson 
and R.J. Barrett. Summer League, I'm watching it. You better be watching. We'll see what we got with these guys. But that's going to do it for Episode 21 of the Get More Sports Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review. Tell your friends about the show. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DMAC underscore LA. That's at DMAC underscore LA. All things related to the show, you'll find right there. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'm out.